0: And the scripture for today's sermon comes from Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30. The word of God speaks to us. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. This is God's word to us. Good morning, church. Uh, My name is Chad. I'm one of the pastors here. And we are in the middle of a series over the summer uh, that we're calling Rhythms of Grace. And it isn't just a marketing thing. One of the, the blessings over the course of the summer is to think about these gifts that God has given us that are actually rhythms of his grace in our life. Last week, we talked about work and the ways in which Work is not just something that we do. It's, it's far more than our J-O-B. It's something that is a gift to us. It's a gift. And, and, and hear me, that might sound strange to you. And if you weren't here for that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to it. But work is actually far more than our job. It's a gift. It's a revealer of our hearts and the condition of our hearts. It's also a, a, a grace that God has given us in order to worship him directly another way we don't just worship through singing we actually worship through worship him through these rhythms that he's given us in the everyday spaces and places of life one thing that was said last week, one thing that I want to highlight for us is, is just to talk about work doesn't just sit alone in life, right? We work and we rest. And those things have an ebb and a flow to them. Those are, there's a rhythm just to that. We work and we rest. And so this week, we want to come back and we want to talk about rest. We want to talk about this. And, and, and let me just give you a picture real fast. I used to take groups overseas quite a lot. It was a, a long period of my life. I prepped groups to go work overseas and do things for, for different types of trips. And, and the first meeting, of, second meeting, third meeting that we have leading up to these trips, everybody wants to know, everybody across the board wants to know, like, what do we pack for these trips? Just tell me what to pack for these trips and just give me the list of things that I can pack. And, and like, we truly would not get to that until the last meeting. In some ways, we treat rest like that. We can come in here, and we can just say, like, just tell me what to do. Just give me the three steps that I need to rest, and then I'll go off and do it. And we can just treat it like another task. And one of the things that's been so such a blessing for my life, and I hope for yours, over the course of the summer, is trying to reframe how we approach these things, how we approach these rhythms. And we don't want to just leave today with a list of to-dos. Okay, I'm going to rest really hard. I'm going to do all I can to rest today. It's like when you try to sleep and then you can't. You're like, oh, man, I'm I'm going to go to sleep right now. And you're just struggling, struggling, struggling. And, And so what we want to do is see how rest is actually something that God calls us to pursue. We need to define that. We need to look to what it actually is and where it comes from. We need to do some work around the ways in which we twist it up, all the ways in which we twist it up. And then we need to come back and try to say, what are some practical ways in which we can walk out rest, not as a to-do list or not, not just something that I've checked off a box, but rest as a, a grace from God in which I'm, I'm tangibly going after. And so I want you to pray with me. As I pray for you, I, I, we need him. We need to pray that we would get out of our kind of religious box, our religious just kind of like sit up straight, polish up our lives, but that we would actually engage with the living God who wants to meet us today. Father, we thank you. We need you. We ask that you would meet us and do a work in us that forms us, that, that leads us to life, that leads us to love, that leads us to your presence. That so we just saying that I'm desperate for you and I confess that I don't always feel desperate for you. But there's something in me that, it, that is longing, like this longing that we have for what real rest is. God, we pray that you would speak to those desperations today. For those that feel so wrung out and heavy laden, pray that they would find rest today. For those of us that are just trying to be enough, keep trying to be enough in some area of our life that we would find rest. And that, God, that you would meet us in those desperation. So, God, thank you all for your glory and our good. Okay, so we need to start here. We need to just kind of say, what is rest? And then where is it? Like, what's the source of rest? But let me just kind of give you a picture before we start. It, it, think about how weird we are as a people. Like, we, we talk about rest and we just kind of put it on a shelf. It's one of those things, biblically, rest is this restorative stopping for our souls. It's a restorative part of our life where we're, we're stopping our striving. So you might have things that you're still doing but we're we're actively saying I'm not striving to earn anything right now. I'm actually sitting in this moment and saying God meet we need to do some work here biblically. As we, as we think about it, I think about like the ways that we use the term rest. And one of the things that we say is like, think about this. If you just drive down I-40, you're going to come across something that's called a rest stop. We know what it is. It's a nice, pleasant name for a truck stop. It's a nice, pleasant name where you can get like corn nuts and other crap and all sorts of things that fill you up. But not any of it is going to nourish you, right? So you're not going to leave there healthier I don't care how many corn dogs or whatever you get out of that place. You're not leaving a rest stop healthier. You could get some wooden carvings. You could get some whatnots. You could probably even buy a Bowie knife at some of these places. But you're not going to leave there healthier. And nobody walks out of one of those places saying, "Man, I really feel rested. I really, I really feel like I just rested." No, we, we, we go into that and we actually fill up on things that actually aren't nourishing for us. And yet we call it, ah oh, we, we had our rest stop, right? Got out, stretched our legs, that's resting. You could even, if you're on your way to Colorado and you decide to drive north, you end up taking a left, a west up there at I-70. And then you get about halfway to Denver and you come across a rest stop. And it's called, maybe you've been there, it's called the Oasis where you're going to find rest out there, right? You're going to find it. And they have a Qdoba, so you know you're doing better than most of these places. You're going to get out there to this rest stop, and you're going to have it, and you're going to actually leave with all the same crud in your body that you would at any other place. And yet we just use these terms, rest, where we don't actually find it. You can come out with a lottery ticket, but you're not actually going to come out rested. What we want to do today is actually say, what does real rest look like and not the cheap truck stop imitation of rest? So we need to kind of back up from our text a little bit, just a few verses and get some context. And so I'm going to start here in verse 25 and and pick it up right there. At this time, at at that time, Jesus declared Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and understanding and revealed them to little children. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. At this time, at this time, Jesus starts it right here. At this time, and what is happening at this time? Jesus is in the meat and potatoes portion of his teaching and ministry in Galilee. Jesus is going from city to city, place to place, and performing miracles and doing this. And actually, the immediate section before where we're at today is Jesus actually saying, woe to you cities who have seen all of these miracles. You've seen all this work of God. You've had all this teaching, and yet you didn't repent and believe. And what, like, burden. Curse, whoa. That's what's being spoken over this. Like, you didn't repent and believe when you had all this stuff right before you. You had the real thing right before you, and you chose to go your own way. And so we get to this and he says, but God praise you, Father, you are glorious. He puts all the glory back on God and he says you have hidden things from those who think they're smart and so those who think they have understanding, you've hidden those things and you've actually given it, you've given understanding and wisdom to those who would come like a little child, to those who come and how does a little child go? A child comes to God trusting that their parents, their father, their mother are going to actually take care of. And that's actually context that we need for this passage. When we talk about rest, we run to all other things. We run to the truck stop to think we're going to get rest. We run to a Netflix or whatever your service is to try to find rest. We run to all sorts of things to try to numb out and find rest. And it's all fool's gold. It actually leads us away. We think we have understanding. We actually are blind. Right here, it puts it all at the grace of God right there for us. And Jesus, in the context before, is like, man, they missed it. It's all happening right before you, and they missed it. So notice what he says. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. Verse 27, all things have been handed over to me. Now, God, I'm thanking you, but Jesus is now saying... It's all, all authority is his, right? All have been handed over to me by my father and no one knows the son except the father and no one knows the father except the son and anyone to whom the son chooses to reveal him. Everything is his. Everything is Jesus'. And no one knows except those whom the Son has revealed. He's the giver. The giver is our great God through Jesus, the source and supply of everything. Everything to come in the Christian life is Jesus, every bit of it. And so when we try to find rest or we try to find worth or whatever else in something apart from Jesus, we're only going to lead ourselves to just disappointment. We wonder why we're desperate we wonder why we're desperate because we keep going to other things, other wells that were never going to fill you up, other sources that are actually dry and barren. We end up at all these truck stops thinking that we're gonna find rest and all we find is more junk. And yet the source of it is right here in Jesus. And so now we're at verse 28 and hear these words of Jesus. He says, come to me, The source, right? Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest in your souls. Man, I I don't know about you, but like, that's what we long for. For honest, we're longing for rest because we just feel all the time like we're having to strive, like we're having to strive. You will find it for your souls, which is deeper than just finding it for your body. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, come to me. Come to me. Come to this one, the one who is calling, the one who cares, the, the one who who says he will receive you. And then he says, take my yoke upon you. And that yoke is, is a specific term. We think about this, and, and maybe you've heard this before, but the yoke is that, that bridle that goes on, that, that heavy beam that goes a, across the ox, the, allowing them, allowing, that's a nice way of saying, like forcing them to drag the plow. And Jesus is painting this picture that you are walking through life with this on your shoulders. He doesn't say, if you're carrying a a yoke, he's like, come to me. Come to me and take my yoke upon you. For I am gentle and lowly of heart. You'll find rest for your souls for my yoke, my yoke is easy. There's something intentional happening here that many of us miss. And we got to catch this before we, we keep moving forward in, in the ways that we mess this up. We, we need to catch this because there are, there are some verbs here that we got to pay attention to. There's a come. Come to Jesus. Come to Jesus, maybe for the first time, but for many of us, it's, it's come to Jesus. Actively go to Jesus. And, and I would humbly submit this after spending the last couple of weeks having God just kind of continually reveal to me that I go to all sorts of other things to try to find rest. But I humbly submit that maybe if you don't feel restful, it's because you found yourself going to other things going to other things. It starts with, come to Jesus. Take my yoke, this my way of life. Jesus is saying this discipleship, this way of life that he's calling us to, that he's laying out for us, this way, which is this gospel way in which you can cease all your striving, that every bit of it has been paid for in Jesus Christ. The life, death, And resurrection of Jesus. Take that upon yourself. That's your hope. That is your value. That is your purpose in life now. Take that upon you. Notice what he says. He says, learn from me. So come to me, take my way upon you, my way of living upon you. Learn from Jesus. Just taking isn't enough. Just coming isn't enough. Like, learn from Jesus and how he lives. And then find. You will find. You will find him. You will find rest. But find is interesting because there's, there's an activity to that. In that we're not just sitting around like, okay, God, you owe it to me. And we're still pursuing We're still pursuing it. We're still leaning into those things. And so, again, notice, Jesus doesn't say, like, if, man, if by some chance you didn't win that lottery card at the truck stop and you have this yoke on you. No, he says, like, Take my yoke upon you. So there is a yoke. You will carry a yoke. You will either carry the yoke of Jesus, which it leads to life and blessing, or you are going to carry the yoke of striving, the yoke of earning, the yoke of trying to be enough, which leads to burden and death. leads to burnout. And it leads us to say, like, what's the point? what is the point in all this? You're going to carry a yoke. And some of us are walking and living under this yoke of just trying to be something, trying to be enough, trying to please God, trying to please your boss, trying to please other people, and trying desperately to say, man, if I just do this, if I just keep going that, I can't rest because I've got to be enough for this person. Some of us are trying to to do that for ourselves. Prove to yourself that you're something. Some of us are just trying to be enough inside and wondering why we never feel like we measure up. Because we weren't designed to carry that yoke. You're not going to find. You're not going to find rest carrying this desire to be enough again and again and again. Some of us are trying to earn enough, trying trying to have enough stuff. If I just have the right stuff or enough stuff, if I just have all the money in the world, then I will be able to find rest. And guess what? You're just going to endlessly worry and carry these things because you're never going to get to enough. The difference between uh, Following after Jesus and following after any way, any other way on earth is that Jesus says He's enough. He says He's enough. So we've got to think about this. The person who places himself under the yoke of Jesus will. Find rest. Why? Because he's gentle and he's lowly. And gentle, it's not just let's not just turn that into a, a happy thought word. That's like gentle is the like that, that tenderness, but it's also meek. Meek, not being like some weakling. Meek biblically is strength restrained. Strength restrained. But it's also humble. This word translates to humble. That's who Jesus is. He is gentle, but he he self-describes himself in this. And he also says he's lowly. And that doesn't mean like, oh, man, I wish Jesus was like president. I wish he was was boss. It doesn't mean that he has a lousy job. It means that he is accessible, that his arms are open to us to say, I know you've tried at every truck stop you've come across and you keep calling it rest, but you're wrong. Come to me and you will find it. Come to me and you will find it. God designed us to rest. He's calling his followers then and now to rest. He's given it to us as a grace for our good. It's a grace from God. It's a gift from God for us. And so, where do we get it twisted up? Where are the places that we keep finding ourselves so hard? Where are the ways? What are the ways in which we treat the invitation from Jesus, like it's just a truck stop that we'll buy a lottery ticket and hope we, we win from him? Where are those things? Well, guess what? We twist it up in all sorts of ways. The very next chapter, chapter 12, actually has all the religious people coming in and being like, wait, why are you doing this on Sabbath? And again, Sabbath is one of those words, right? Sabbath is a specific set of time, a period given to him, to rest, a day given to rest. That was Sabbath, a, a marked out box, so to speak, in which we are going to rest. And we're using those those words a little bit interchangeable, but I want you to think of rest as something that we could have in the midst of our busyness and Sabbath as something that we actually do. God's inviting us to both of those things. He's inviting us to find rest in moments that we carve out, but he's also calling us to find his rest in the midst of life. In the middle of a Tuesday... (laughs) in the middle of all that we're going through. The next chapter has him just saying like, man, why do you get to do that? And where are we at it? And Jesus in the parallel passage, the parallel from that story in Mark, it, it, he says "Like, he says this very thing, the Sabbath was made for man. What, it, what is he saying? He's saying it's a gift from God for man. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So the son of man is Lord over the Sabbath. In our our culture, we reduce it. We reduce Sabbath to just like, oh, that's Sunday. That's Sunday, and I know what I do on Sunday. Some things are closed on Sunday, and some things stop on Sunday. If anything, it's just like a slower day. We've reduced it to that. We end up running to all sorts of other things. We might say it's Sabbath, but we end up running to all sorts of other things that don't give rest. Binge-watching our favorite show or... Running out on our next adventure, hobbies even. They may be great things, but sometimes hobbies don't actually lead us to rest. Sometimes they do, but it's our perspective in it. Meals, sleeping in, or staying up, all those things. But, but why do we try to find rest in things that would actually give the opposite? Why do we keep running after things? Why do we think that we'll find it in our show or on our sofa or in that next adventure or on that next ride or on that whatever you fill in the blank? Why do we think we're going to find rest out over here when it was never meant to? Jesus continually says, Come to me. Come to me. Well, maybe it's because, maybe it's because we're afraid to rest. Maybe if we were to get real honest, we would say, Hey, Chad, I I don't know if I would like what I find when I stop. I know where my mind goes when I stop, I know where my attention goes when I stop. Maybe we're afraid to rest because we're afraid of ourselves. Maybe we're afraid to rest. Maybe we keep going to these other things because we we're afraid of God. Or let me rephrase that: we don't actually trust God that He will meet us in those places. That we think that we need something to entertain us. That we need something else to keep kind of keep our attention. And I like God in His place, but I don't really trust Him with these things. And so I keep striving. I keep going after these things, and, and I'm not really sure how I feel about just stopping and resting with God. If we were honest, maybe we would get there. And maybe you would fill in the blank differently, but you've got to interrogate your soul a little bit and say, like, what is leading me to other things instead of running at Jesus? Maybe you have this caricature that coming to Jesus is just sitting alone and staring at words on a page when the invitation from Jesus is something so much more. He's calling you to life and life in abundance. He's calling you to wholeness and fullness. He's calling you to find where real life is. And it's certainly not just sitting still. Some of us are simply too caught up with all the distractions of this world to ever actually slow down. We're caught up in everything under the sun, We're off on our next Instagram adventure. We're off for our next selfie or the next meal or the next moment that we could catch. Or we're too caught up in like this fear of missing out. We're going to miss out on all that life has for us. We're just going to miss the fun of the world's buffet. We're going to miss all those things if, we, if I don't get every notification, if I don't respond to every single thing. And not that notifications are bad. I'm not trying to bang on devices. I'm saying that they lead our heart away from rest if there's a need attached to them. And so I'm trying to help us kind of diagnose why we're not really finding rest because we twist it up into all these other things. Where rest is actually found and to recognize that we're actually weary wanderers who are desperate for rest, though we think we get it at every rest stop along the road. Friends, I'm I'm not just come down. I'm not trying to come down on you. This is what God's been working on my heart over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> Sitting with this is like, Chad, can you really rest? In this invitation from Jesus just to continually come back and just like, come to me. Oh, I'm resting. I'm sitting here. I'm not doing this task on my to-do list. No, no, you're not. You're not actually resting. Come to me. In this quiet voice, the Holy Spirit speaking and continually working of like, no, that's not actually rest. You think it is, but it's not. And <laughs> In this invitation from God that has been pressing down on my life over the last couple weeks, I think is the same invitation that he has for you, which is all the areas in which you think you're resting, are you really? And Jesus says, come to me, because my yoke is easy. My burden is light. Stop carrying that load. Stop trying to be enough. Jesus accessible, available, and, and longing for you to come to him. It says, I am where life is found. I love this quote. If you haven't read this book, I highly recommend it. I think we actually have some on the table, and if not, we probably have a bo- box of them either in back or at the office. You should come by and get it. If you can't wait, go on Amazon today. Don't rest. Go to Amazon right now. All of this sense. Dane Ortland wrote a great book called Gentle and Lowly. That might sound familiar. You've just been walking in this. But notice how he phrases this. Consider what Jesus is saying. Jesus is using a kind of irony, saying that the yoke laid on his disciples is a non-yoke, or it's a yoke of kindness. Who could resist this? He says, come to me. Who could resist this? It's like telling a drowning man that he he must be, he must put on the burden of a life preserver, only to hear him shout back, sputtering, no way, not me. This is hard enough. Drowning here in these stormy waters. The last thing I need is the added burden of a life preserver around my body. That's what we all are like confessing Christ with our lips but generally avoiding deep fellowship with him out of a muted understanding of his heart. So what can we do to actually pursue rest? To practice it. What can we do to practice rest? Well, I'm going to go through this really quickly. The first thing I would say, a real practical step to take out to do right now, today, Uh, to not miss a moment in this, is to dig into your heart. Some of that we tried to do right here in this moment. But a lot of that needs to be done with you and the Lord. Dig into your heart. Dig into the reasons why you have not been restful. Dig into it. Ask yourself. Interrogate your heart. And here's a question that I want to keep coming back to in my own head. When I come across these moments... I'm like, I'm going to rest right now. And then I start to turn on the TV, and I, I can rest to a ball game. I can rest to all sorts of noise, or I think I can, all these types of things. And so I need to ask these two questions, and I keep coming back to it. Is this actually rest, and is this leading me to worship? And maybe that's not a helpful term for you, because maybe you're still thinking of worship as simply having a person with a guitar going. uh, Worship, is it leading me to trust Jesus more? Is this rest, and is this worship? This is the interrogation of our heart. And if the answer is like, well, maybe, kinda, that I would say push pause. (laughs) If, If the answer is, yes, this actually leads me to a settled place in my heart where I I also trust God more. Where I'm trusting God that I don't have to be enough. I'm trusting God that I don't have to earn money right here. I'm trusting God that if I don't get my lawn mowed right now, my neighbors aren't going to hate me, or maybe they will hate me, but I'm okay because God doesn't. Interrogate our heart. Dig deep in there second thing I would say is once you've started digging deep, kind of plan it out. Plan it out. Plan it out. There's the both end, right? The snacking and the feasting. Think of feast. We feast. That's our Sabbath. That's the plan. That's the part in which we're carving out specific part of our week, a part of our time, and where I'm actively trying to say, God, you are enough. You are it, and I'm not striving after anything. I just want to sit And I want to rest in you. I want to rest in you. I'll tell you, we're not perfect at this in any way. We're not perfect at this. But my wife and I over the years have learned, like... My One of my days off, Friday and Saturday are our days off, and and so we've tried to carve out Friday mornings. Friday mornings have been kind of our blocked off time in which we are usually grabbing breakfast, grabbing coffee, something out, in which it's a longer time in which we're checking in with one another, we're hearing our hearts, and we're trying to say, I know there's a million things to do on our list, but we're going to rest and we're going to Sabbath. Now, hear this. That almost... Never goes off without a hitch. This is your life. And the plan that you made in pre-marriage counseling for when you're going to Sabbath and when you're going to rest is probably different than the plan that you have at one, two, three kids. Okay? Because there are seasons in life and things are different. Things are different at different points in life. But you need to think about both. And sometimes we get confused. We confuse leisure or even laziness with rest. And you need to ask yourself, are you actually pursuing rest, the rest that Jesus has come to me and you will find? Are you confusing your laziness with actually resting? It's a real question. And God had to do real work in my heart around that question this week. But it's there for us. The third thing I would say is that we practice. We practice this because all of us are imperfect. Remember, What the text says, come to me. Jesus says, come to me. Learn from my ways. Learn. Learn from me. Come to me and you take my yoke upon you. Take my way of living upon you. And then he says, learn from me. There's a learning to this. There's a practicing to this. There's an imperfection to our application of these things. And so don't beat yourself up. Continue to learn and walk these things out. We're walking out this idea of rest and worship. Rest and worship. I want to find myself resting in a way that leads me to trusting more and not endlessly buying life's lottery ticket hoping one day it will actually get, lead me to rest. Hey, friends, the last thing I would say on this is that rest is a grace. It's called, we're called to pursue it. We're called to come to Jesus, and, and it will be found in him, but it's also a grace given us from God. It's, it's his will. It's, it's this kindness of God that is given to us in these rhythms of life. And so recognize that too and don't beat yourself up. Our hope is in the grace of God for messed up, broken people just like myself. I trust just like each one of us. Don't beat yourself up, but also don't just sit on your hands saying, well, one day I'm gonna win that lottery ticket. No, God in his kindness has given us these rhythms for our good. God in his great love has made a way for us to come this evening. Will you pray with me?